Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Woman in Hip Hop. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy Bell. And on this show, we focus on the many talents and influences from women within the culture. Today is going to be an amazing show because we have an amazing guest. I am here with MTV News correspondent and host of MTV's True Life Crimes. He's one of my favorite journalists. Y'all seen him on the red carpet asking the amazing questions. And I'm so excited to be sitting next to him today. Domity. Pongo. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Doma T. Pongo is in the building, y'all. Yes, Off man. record, it was, was like five to ten tries of me trying to say this name, but <laughs> I said it right. You got it. Stumbled got a little it. bit, but yeah. I'm here. Doma T., how are you? Here. I'm feeling well. <laughs> feeling better. You got me drunk already. We that's probably why I stuttered your name. <laughs> that's, that's it. Right. We're going to blame it on liquor. <laughs> nah, it's good to be here, man. I'm, I'm a fan of the show, and I love the platform that you give to just women in the culture, not just women MCs, but just people adjacent to the business yes. is really refreshing. So thank you for having me. Well, I just gave you your flowers, but again, yeah. just to reiterate, you are amazing. It is just so good to see a brother on the carpet interviews and interviewing some of these amazing people on just different levels that people would dream to interview. So, and you do it with just so much class and I don't know, and just integrity. Thank you. Right? Thank you. Those are the things you want folks to say about your work. I appreciate it. Especially that. in the world of journalism, because don't you feel like the level of integrity is kind of gone with this field because a lot of things are so like clickbait-ish. I think it's because of who we say, what we classify as a journalist. That part. You know? Yeah. So really, (laughs) it's a lot of content creators. Yes. A lot of interesting commentating voices. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to call some of these folks, Mm -hmm. but they're not journalists. So they don't have the same burden of proof when they put something out there. And a lot of these rap blogs specifically are run by suburban white boys. Talk about and it. a lot of non-black people, they either, you know, it might be Middle Eastern, they might be white boys, they might be just tech bros. Mm-hmm. And and they, they speak in the voice of the culture, mm-hmm. but without the care and, and the specificity that it takes to do this thing with integrity. So yeah. that's, what's, that's what's kind of messing up the game right now. But, you know, we got folks like us, you mm-hmm. know, doing it for the right reasons the right way. I know? love that, thanks for that. Because I feel like we put in, the work like we do the research that's right i hate when i watch interviews and people sit there and it's like do you even know who you're interviewing why did you ask that dumbass question right right <laughs> come on man and then a question that everybody already knows, knows the answer to something that yeah. you should know right. and and we're in a space where i mean those things get the clicks like unfortunately sometimes mm-hmm. the worst interviews travel better than the best interviews that's true. you know those embarrassing moments yeah. is what goes viral and so people sometimes i wonder if they troll and they're chasing that like are they yeah. are they are you being purposefully the butt of the joke just because mm-hmm. you want to sell yourself for clicks you know right. i don't right. know i don't know well i have you here today you're my yeah. first male guest i think ever no joe button was on my show okay i have to okay. give it to him damn i was about to give damn it, it to you <laughs> <laughs> he was on there, and I and before, what was it? 
I think we were indoors. I had Daytuan and Carlos King. They called in and talked about the Remy and Nicki Minaj beef. So that's some years ago. Okay, okay. Um, but I'm excited. First first male, male guest in a while. I guess. Oh, no, Daytuan. Daytuan. I want to give you See, the first something. You, you know, hey, I'm the first Doma <laughs> T in here. That part. <laughs> what are we going to say? Doma <laughs> what I love about having men on the show is because mm. I want the men to talk about the woman's influence within this culture. Mm. So we're going to dive in that today. Oh, well, it starts from how I got introduced to hip hop. So I got two big sisters and okay. my big sisters were like my my second moms. And mm-hmm. my oldest sister, Nunya, is 10 years older than me. And she mm-hmm. was an MC. She was 16 when I was six. I wrote my first verse with her help when I was six years old. Oh, so you was a rapper. I was a rapper. That, that was what I thought I would be doing, you know, when I was a shorty all the way through high school and stuff. That's what gave me the confidence to get on microphones and the spit. It taught me how to enunciate. Mm-hmm. Taught me how to have confidence, how to speak with braggadociousness. People mm-hmm. didn't even start pronouncing my name right until I said it in verses. Mm, that's <laughs> how you get them to do it. Exactly. I should have heard the song before I ended before. <laughs> you don't want to hear them songs from way back. Really? Nah, I bet they're fired. Nah. Well, for the time they I was were. Nice. For the I was time nice. they were. You know, I was all right. I was all right. But my big sister, she she would take me to every open mic she was performing at. Like she so my entry point to hip hop was this nineties you know, conscious sister, dark skin like me, big afro in a rap group called Freaks in Nature with two of her friends, just three intelligent, ill MCs. Like wow. Lauren Hill's, like everybody, Miseducation is one of my favorite albums of all time. We're so celebrating 25th year anniversary of that album. That, yeah, ain't she starting a tour about behind that, right? She has a tour that's kicking off in a couple of weeks, next okay, week or something, okay. yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, so that's that's always been my entry point, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, into hip hop. So, I mean, you know, without, without mentorship from this woman who happened to be my sister and happened to be an excellent MC, turned dentist now uh okay, i would i wouldn't be sis. doing what i'm doing right now if it weren't for sis wow yeah, so, so the woman that put it. you on that's it the woman put me on man. and you wanted to be a rapper initially initially that's what it just seemed like i was the only thing i was good at mm-hmm. and I, I i'm i'm one of those people that if i'm not great at something i don't want to do it got it you know so i tried sports i wasn't good enough to be uh-huh. if i'm average i don't yeah. want to do it rap was the only thing that came to me easily and naturally i'm at the lunch tables they playing the grinding beat like I'm the one that everybody's crowding around my locker. Right. That was that was my identity for a long time. Domati is funny because we have a similar trajectory. You was I was a too? rapper too. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? crazy? I was in a group crazy. with my best friend. We was called Hollywood and Jazz, aka the Glamour Girls, uh, the original City Girls. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> come on, let them know. We were similar to like the Salt and Pepper, although that was like my older sisters. That was their era. Uh-huh. But definitely, we wanted to come out to be you know similar to the salt and pepper so when city girls came i remember calling my best friend she's still my best friend to this day like girl right. told you it would have worked <laughs> <laughs> oh no nah, you do the same thing i do yeah uh, who was it um is it sexy red i got a homegirl that rem- who don't rap but i was like she just she has so much charisma yes and when sexy red popped off i was like you should have been letting me write them raps all them years ago man i told you i got you see you know but yeah man so the love for hip-hop is deep-rooted. That's right. That's, That's um, right. Thank you for sharing that about your sister, because that was my first question. Since this is Hip Hop 50, yes. um, and we're celebrating you on this show, Women in Hip Hop, I wanted to know who was the first female rapper that you fell in love with. So outside of Nunya. your sister. <laughs> That's my your sister, sister yeah. That was my first female rapper I fell in love with, but the second okay. would be Lauryn Hill. Lauryn Hill. And then um, after that, do you remember Jean Grey? Yeah. 
Yes, Jean Grey, and then but how I found out about like Jean Grey and Rhapsody, this was back when they were eating the Talib Kweli's up on on the same record. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if any rapper, male or female, has as many features with elite MCs as Rhapsody. Mm, Rhapsody. Just think about it. She got she got records with she has songs with almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Like if you really Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Um. She got a record with Cole, I believe, yes, yes. on that Ninth Wonder uh, project. Yep. She's got, I don't want to just start naming because if, you know me, I'm going to fact check myself in real time. She got stuff with Talib. She got, and holds her own on every single joint. Mm-hmm. So that that was my entry point to a lot of women MCs back in that 90s era, mm-hmm. just hearing, wait, who is this featured on this record? Who right. is this? And then going and doing the research. Like, and Jean Grey, like, I can even, I can name you mad records. I can hear her voice i don't need if she walked in the room i wouldn't even know what she looked like really but that was one of my earliest you know entry points until i started finding my taste and listening to mad different you know types of music and, and all yeah. that i yeah. love rap city she was she's been on this show before i believe layla's wisdom that's the name of the album yep. one of my favorites everything that every track on there yeah. i think she dedicates it to like different women figures in history um in this culture and like i said but in the world really black history american history she is phenomenal bar for bar she can ride with like any dude like you said and crush it okay i always like to check my guest knowledge of the female rappers so i'm impressed again by you my friend (laughs) all right (laughs) so today i do want to talk about some of the things that's going on within the culture some of the things that's going on within entertainment news um one of the things i want to talk about first is the documentary on Netflix called Ladies First, a story of women in hip hop. Did you see it? What are your thoughts? I did see it. First thing I'm thinking, first I was hating because- I was hating too. (laughs) Right, right. We did, uh, I did a a docu-series for Smithsonian Channel, MTV and Smithsonian Channel partnered their docu-series, but we just dropped it on YouTube. But our episode was a five-parter, and our episode about women in rap was called Ladies First. Mm. But it made sense. I mean, it's the, you know, ladies first. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of obvious. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say it a lot. Yes, but yeah. You know, but it was such a perfect, it was such a perfect title. But then I'm like, I I segment that episode was called Lady First, and then I saw it, and I was like, And then I watched it and was like, he got the nerve to be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> he got the nerve to be killing it. The nerve it. to be killing it. That, that was, I loved it. Well, I was hating for obvious reasons. <laughs> right. no, but I wouldn't say I was hating, but I felt the way I was in my feelings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Again, for Let obvious reasons. Because I've created this platform like six, seven years ago. Mm. And I've done panels and TV appearances I believe, yeah, shout out to E! News, E! True Hollywood Story. They did a show um, on the evolution of women in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking the producers, I was like, why did y'all reach out to me? They was like, well, as soon as we Google women in hip-hop, your podcast comes mm-hmm. up. And I'm like, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. <laughs> and the website, I'd be like, yeah, you should see me. So when I saw this, I was like, so nobody thought to call your girl? Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, Don't you hate when that happens, though? That happens to me a lot, though. I watch a documentary, but we, we end up forgetting all of the documentaries that we are in that, are, that do, you know. Yeah, you, you know, have to just. You can't get every. You can't get all the money, Jazzy. You can't, can't? get everything. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want all of it, but I thought something that's dedicated to this in particular, I just thought I would be perfect for it. And hey, you know, next time. Next time. Next but time. with that being said, 
like you said, it had the nerve to be good. It was great. Excellent. I loved how they highlighted um, certain women on there that rarely get the chance to speak their piece. Uh, Specifically, Shy Rock. Talk about it. Shy Rock, the first woman MC to do, to spit, right? Like, I mean, the one, the first one that we that we have documented on camera, like even the the folklore around the origin of hip hop. I read a really good article recently. Uh, I'm gonna tweet it out. Um, okay. Really good article about the 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 myth a lot, the mythology around the date, the actual date of hip hop being born, right? Because August 11, 1973. Exactly. Uh-huh. But you know, we kind of picked the date to galvanize around, and we picked a That's moment true. to say. But there were all of these different inflection points where hip hop began to grow. And what I loved about the documentary is they talked about Shy Rock and all of these other uh, women MCs and Moni Love and Roxanne Chante. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, we were looking at comedians who will signify and just spit and and talking rhyme right and that was the so like is that the first rapper is that the so all that to say shah rock was the the first female rapper documented in a way that you could really say nah that's that's the one maybe somebody else in a block was spitting mm-hmm. but shah rock was that one and i love that she got her flowers in this piece because mm-hmm. she's kind of like a footnote in hip-hop history and shouldn't be yeah you know? She and she don't play about her receipts. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she don't tell you. If you watch the interview, she. Matter of fact, we did a story for MTV on it. Okay. And um, actually, I didn't do a shout out to Dante, who uh, Dante Ramos, who did that story. And uh, you know, she did the MTV news account. It was like, thank you for letting them know. No, she, <laughs> she don't play. That's my girl. I was like, yes, thank you for supporting. Because yeah, nah, she she gonna let you know. Because if we don't speak up for ourselves, who will? That's you know, true. We don't often have the agency or the platforms to. Especially if you leave the game, you know, especially in hip hop, it's a young person's game. If yeah. you aren't consistently putting out content, mm-hmm. there's no platform or way to stake your claim in the culture. If you, unless you are like Soldier Boy saying, I was the first to do this, I was the first to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we laugh, but I mean, these pe- it, it's the way to make sure that people submit your legacy, you know? Yeah. And she, again, she doesn't play about her receipts, but she also talks about why she walked away after a while. And there were other women that talked about why they walked away. Women like Drew Dixon talked about it. Uh, Dee Barnes, um, she talked about it on the documentary. And you're familiar with these women, yes? Or were you familiar with them prior to? I was familiar with almost all of them. Okay. Um, A couple, but they put me on a couple others, like behind the scenes people. I didn't know that the, you know, Sugar Hill Gang was put together by by a woman, the whole group. Sylvia Robinson? I didn't know, you Mm -hmm. know. um, Robinson, I'm sorry. Yep, I, Mm -hmm. I didn't know. All of these different different folks. But then, you know, you hear about the other executives that shaped hip-hop culture that I already knew about, Sylvia Rohn and yep. all these different executives. But, no, nah, it was, it was, I learned a little more about, you know, all of the people that helped shape this culture. So I do want to highlight some of the women that I talked about because, like you said, oftentimes they like to erase history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do it with the men as well, but in particularly the women because when we do speak up, they like to put a muzzle on us. Like, girl, calm down, chill out. It's a male-dominated field, as we all know. Yeah. So as a man, uh-huh. speaking with me today, I do want to talk about what can we do as a culture, and especially men within this culture, to kind of help protect women from dealing with misogyny and sexism. Mm. 
I mean, that's a big question. Well, it's kind of loaded. It's loaded. It's you loaded. You could take a nah. sip if it was too much. Yeah, you know what? We're going to take a sip because we got we to unpack that for several minutes. Yes, I really, I really do want to because I'm constantly talking about topics like this with other women. And, of course, we share a commonality when it comes to, like, dealing with sexism and misogyny. But to speak with a man, I feel like the men witness it. I've been mm-hmm. treated foully in rooms where other men are there. And then when the person is no longer in the room anymore they're treating me that way then yeah, the guy like, will be like yo that's wild. fucked up that yo yeah. that, why he do that or why he say that and it's like damn why you want to say that when he was yeah. in the room now that's the number one thing that's the easiest thing it's just mm-hmm. advocacy you mm-hmm. know um even in even in the rooms that we work in like if you have a team and my team is usually women i don't know how it happens i don't know if it's just more women end up in journalism whatever but mm. most of my teams are all women led and what happens a lot especially if uh you know you're from a, a marginalized group and you're not often given a seat at the table, when you're finally at the table, you might not speak for yourself with the same confidence that somebody who is more confident but less qualified will speak at that table. Yeah. I think men in those rooms need to advocate for the sister who gave him the idea or who he worked with and partnered with in the same way that we do for our male counterparts. Mm-hmm. See, that happened a lot. And I think it's uh, in hip-hop, it's... Not that misogyny is unique in hip-hop. Hip-hop is just a subset of American society. Our obsession with guns in hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. is an offshoot of America's obsession with guns. You know? We're not unique. We think that... And the government feeding America with guns. You know... Maybe that's a whole other story. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) You know? So it's it's bad. deep, deep later. And and I I think with with women in Mm hip-hop, a lot of it came from... Since it was so Mm male-dominated and there was a certain aesthetic that you saw with music videos women were thought to be seen but not heard and you were you were an accessory to the vibes so now you you give somebody who's supposed to be you know aesthetic a part of the aesthetic a microphone that's going to be jarring that's disruptive that's paradigm shifting and there's going to be a tussle every time you shift a paradigm so i think that's why all of those barriers that get talked about in the documentary that's why they had to get broken and get to the moment that we had now yeah and i'm glad they really touched on it now with um d bar situation mm. we all are aware with her being i think say the first uh female hip-hop host um for a hip-hop show so i guess the first female journalist on a hip-hop show mm-hmm. uh, for pump it up and it was on fox it's well documented what happened with Dr. Dre assaulting her. He also apologized about it publicly. Um, it was on the HBO documentary. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he also said, you know, it's like a dark cloud that hangs over his head all the time. And he wished that it would just go away. He apologized for it. He said he paid for it. He doesn't know what else to do. In your opinion, with that being said, because after watching the documentary, I can see that D. Barnes is still affected by this emotionally and physically she said she still suffered from migraines from where he grabbed her by her hair mm-hmm. and slammed her head against the wall um this woman has spoken out about facing homelessness um and she talked about being blackballed in the industry after that happened to her and here it is this man is a billionaire yeah. he has prospered in his career hers has come to a halt and again, he did apologize. He admitted to what he did, his wrongdoings. But he also said, I don't know what else to do. Do you have any suggestions for Dr. Dre? Or what do you think hmm. he should do moving forward now that we see that D. Barnes is still suffering from his actions? All suggestions should come from D. Barnes. 
the the justice restitution of what accountability looks like comes from the person who was harmed and offended you know sometimes that's the other thing like when you advocate for somebody sometimes we advocate for something that she ain't even asked for mm-hmm. you know dr Drake should give her a check he should do this he should do that yep. i you know I would love, I, of course I think money will solve, but <laughs> money ain't gonna stop the migraines. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna stop the trauma, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna you know, repair the deep despair of having you be this host and having your career ripped away for you because of something that happened to you. Yeah. And then being humiliated by NWA when they asked about it, and dude said, you know, was it MC Ren was like, yo, MC it should've Ren. happened again. You know, and I, I cringe. Man. Every time I see that clip of MC it, Ren it, saying, it's that, seeing that, I was like, oof. And I'm sure he probably regrets it. I don't know. I don't want to put those thoughts into his yeah. head either. But to your point, yes, I agree. Yeah. Because people are in the comments, he should give her a million dollars. I mean, damn, he got billions. I'm like, yo, that may not even fix it. That may not even fix you it. Know, so we, we, we got to hear from her. What does she want? You. What does she, and if he. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. He's real about it. He should be down to do whatever it is that she wants to reconcile that. But I know what we as the public should do. We haven't learned much from that if... We're trying to tear down Megan because of what happened with her and Tori, right? Talk it's the same it. energy. Talk about it. It's the it. exact same energy. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it comes from male advocates standing up for folks. But we're in this space of misinformation where, you know, people, the lie, they say the lie is more interesting than the truth. They say that. In this case, the lie is more elaborate than the truth. Elaborate. The, the, <laughs> The fact that you think Elaborate <laughs> we don't know what exactly happened in that car with, with Meg and Tori and all of that stuff. Yeah. I do know she hopped out limping and I do know she told the police she stepped on glass because she didn't want them to be aggressive with this brother. Right. And what he did in turn is ridicule and mock her throughout the trial. Mm. He didn't take it seriously. He he didn't handle it like he thought that he might actually get incarcerated for this. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a male rapper gets shot, and we say, Dixie Sin ain't really get hit nine times. Yo, great analogy. <laughs> great fucking nah, analogy. That ain't happened. Right. So I, I, I just don't know what, I, I don't know what we can do to change that aside from people advocating and just listening. Or if, and here's the other thing that, that, that makes it difficult. When you hold somebody accountable in their multiple relationships that you that you have, right? Some people have worked with Tori for years. Some mm-hmm. are willing to cut that relationship off, even if they don't have one with Meg, because they just don't respect what he allegedly did. Right. Well, he's convicted. What he did. Exactly. Um, I'm one of those people that wouldn't have trouble cutting people off. But if I don't, if this is my man and he did something that's disgraceful, the least that I could do is shut the fuck up. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why goes a long way, by the way. It goes a long way. I, at least I can do, but what I won't do is is pile on and tear some tear somebody down. Mm-hmm. And I, it was it was disheartening to see a lot of folks like, you know, tear tear that sister down while she was going through that. Why after her mom passed? Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 a lot going. That's why. So, but the difference why I bring that up is it's uh it shows how much agency women have now because even though Meg is up against all of this turmoil and vitriol online. She flourishing. Yes. She dropping music, dropping magazine weight. covers, dropping weight, <laughs> finding them out. Look great, yeah, you know. I'm it? just saying, she look great at any weight. Can we I've take a sip to Meg? Can we? And this she and that Burberry her. fit she had on the other day. <laughs> you like that, huh? Oh man, did I? Yeah. <laughs> she has been living, and I can't even say her best life because she did say she still she hasn't had a day peace, a day's peace or something like that oh, since it happened. Since it happened. So. I do feel like, you know, healing is a journey that only we can say, like, it has a time on. Like, yeah. you can't say, oh, it happened a couple of years ago. Get over it. Get over it, yeah. And that's why I'm glad that you brought up Megan um, as an analogy. And the same with D. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you do, Dre, have the question where you want to know what can you do to make things better, I think you should go to the person you harmed. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have the answers for you. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. I believe D. Barnes has that answer. Mm-hmm. And who knows? It may be a simple, I'm sorry to her face, mm-hmm. a hug. Oh, it could be a million dollars. I don't know. But again, right, right, right. you got to talk to D. Barnes. But I'm happy that Dream Hampton and the people um, that did the documentary on Netflix shine a beautiful light on her and her story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's very re-traumatizing because she didn't go deep into exactly what happened. And that said a lot to me. To me, that said a lot because I'm yeah. like, oh, she doesn't want to keep. That's what I thought. Then a part of me was thinking, I was like, what, did they settle? Because I, I should have researched it before I came. But I was like, did they settle or something? They did. They, and there's a gag order or something. Maybe, maybe she isn't supposed to talk about it in mm, a certain way. Maybe. That was on my mind too. Um, but mm-hmm. by the same token, right? Mm-hmm accountability several years later is is tricky mm-hmm. with certain offenses with that one it was so like egregious mm. and widely reported and brutal that it's easy to be like yo f him forever for a lot of people yeah but on the other hand playing angel's advocate because my friend used to say the devil don't need advocate but no just to just to round it out though too um if each of us thinks about our worst decision in our lives mm-hmm. And we feel like we, I don't know if he's really grown past it to the level that we said, but let's say he did. What, when are you able to outgrow that past mistake, that past wrong? I believe there's room for redemption. Like people, this whole cancel culture, I don't subscribe to that necessarily. Mm -hmm. I'm more like spank your ass culture. Right, right, right. (laughs) Again with the spank that ass. Yeah. I I just feel like. Because we blessed the we bottle. Blessed the bottle. <laughs> we blessed the bottle earlier. <laughs> but I feel like when someone go, comes, like gets out of pocket mm-hmm. about anything, they say something like you said or do something that's harmful to others, they need to be checked, chin checked. Yep. And it's not about physically harming anybody, but like the world, the majority of America needs to say, no, that's wrong, that's homophobic, yep. or that's uh, misogynistic, or that's sexist, yep. you know? 
And you got to eat that for a minute. You got to feel it for a minute. Educate yourself. Learn about your wrongdoings and say, okay, I understand. I'm on this process of doing better. Can I get out of this dark cloud that he speak of? If you did the work and you're showing that you did to work, the work and you're really apologetic about your wrongdoings, then yes, I think there's room for redemption. That's why I don't like cancel culture. Because mm-hmm. when you cancel something, it's indefinitely. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. What you're describing is council culture instead of cancel culture. Council? Yeah, that's okay. what it, yeah, council culture. I didn't make it up, but it sounded wavy. But no, nah, but council culture. A little more cleaner than spank your ass culture. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You just get a whooping. Just a little whooping. You know, <laughs> but we, council. Council. We're going like to counsel that. you, and that counseling may include a whooping. It may include you losing some checks for a little while. It may include some discomfort for a little while. But you're going to have to learn something, recenter yourself. And come back when you can do better, you know? Mm. So I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Council culture. Y'all yeah. heard it here first. I love that. <laughs> Next up, let's get into some more hot topics that's happening in the world and in the culture today. Love and Hip Hop. Do you watch the show? <laughs> now and again. Now and again. I, I should, now and again. So when I was doing True Life Crime, it was such a serious show that I needed, like, just TV that I didn't have to think about. Love and Hip Hop was 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 my joint for a little while, but I fell off. Like I only saw pl- like a guilty pleasure, like a like a guilty pleasure, just something in the background, just that, making some noise. Yeah, and yeah. then every time, every now and again, when you cook it or washing dishes, you're like, what the hell they say? Exactly, and like I said, what I was Jocelyn do? Stevie J. <laughs> you see what Erica did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What she said to Spice? And like my sisters, and again, you know, I grew up in a house full of women, so like I was watching Sex in the City, Love and Hip Hop, Real Housewives. So I, I picked up a little bit of all that. Yes. You know? yeah. So one topic in particular with Love and Hip Hop is Erica Mena yeah. versus Spice. Um, Spice, I guess they say she threw the first jab. They were in an argument and matter of fact, can we play it? I want to see if I can play it. Oh yeah, go for it. Let's try to play it. The problem is, Erica, you feel like you're the first woman to be divorced. That's the problem. Really? I feel like you're acting like you're the first woman to be divorced, and you're the first woman that's left with two children mm-hmm. to fend for. I've been doing it for 14 years. Welcome to the club. Girl, I've been doing it for nowhere. 16. Okay? 16. Okay, with 16 your son that don't like you. Somebody should have died. You want to mention my kids? You should have died, bitch. You monkey. You blue monkey. Here's the thing I have a problem with, right? People are defending Erica Mena. They're saying, like, Spice hit first because she went below the belt talking about her son and her family. My thing is there's certain responses that shouldn't even be in your arsenal. I'm more mad about the monkey comment than the you should have died comment. Thank you. Because you done hit a million women with strays. And men. And men with, with, you know. A whole black community. A whole black community. This isn't even, that shouldn't even be in your lexicon if you traffic in black culture, you, you got a black baby, you only dating black men on this black ass show founded by a black woman. So is Mona Scott Young a monkey too? I mean. Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Your, your whole everything is in, is in the black world. So I don't know. And I would I would have before that I would have called I feel like black and brown culture Afro Latinos are us, but we just got dropped off on different places. Mm. So when I talk about blacks and when I talk about Africans, I'm talking about everybody. So I don't even know how you the pot calling the kettle black. I look at (laughs) it that way, too. And I think that's the problem that's deep rooted within black women in particular when it comes to colorism Mm -hmm. when it comes to lighter skinned women and darker skinned women when we get called monkeys from our light-skinned sisters that's hurtful because it's really saying that you don't see us as equal you really Mm -hmm. see yourself as superior you think you're better and that's what colorism really is and um 
I was shocked to know that a lot of people aren't educated on what colorism is in the first place. Mm. They don't even think it exists. I was mm. eight years old when my mother sat me down and explained to me what colorism is. She may not have used that term because I feel like that term is kind of new. Mm. It might have existed for a while, but she didn't use that term. But she sat me down because she's very fair skinned. She explained to me, baby, people are going to think you're ugly. Mm. Only because of your complexion. Only because. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're darker than me. And, and then when they think you're pretty, they're going to say you're an exception. You don't know how many times I've seen and watched my sisters deal with, oh, you fine as hell for a dark-skinned girl. Like Keisha from Belly don't exist. You know? <laughs> but Come like, you know, now. just Come on, Terrell Hicks. And you see the self hate. It was even in the right. Shout out to Terrell Hicks. But it, 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 it even was in the uh, in the documentary. They put they posted the quote where Kodak Black was saying, Yo, I don't want a woman that's my skin tone. There you go. So the self hate is deep and it's perpetuated by a lot of men. It's perpetuated by hip hop. Yes. You know, we we loud red bones and music and all of we that. Do. And and we want our woman foreign and this and that. All of that. And all of it is a byproduct of racism. So it does a disservice to each other as black people to even subscribe to that colorism mentality to think because you're lighter skinned that you're better. So when she called her a monkey Yes, I was more offended by that, like you, instead of saying you should have died. Because it's like, okay, now that's hitting below the belt. That's, to me, that was kind of nothing. Mm. But not going to say nothing, yeah. but you know what I mean? It was, it was one-to-one. It was at least it was about that person. I don't think she, if she doesn't understand, again, it goes to that council, council culture where it's like, she needs to be explained what this really, how detrimental that is. People are saying online, I don't know this to be true. I'm just saying what I saw on Twitter mm-hmm. that she has done something like that before, where that people have been talking about her being anti-black before. Um, and they were naming other people. They're naming Evelyn Lozada, like other like Afro-Latinos that have been saying mad, disrespectful, colorist stuff against folks. So I don't even, I don't know if she's trying to be counseled, mm. you know. But we got to look at the pain. And if you look at Erica Mena's journey, you have to look at the, the pain and what she's been through in herself. I don't know if she, people who... I don't want to psychoanalyze somebody from a distance. I don't know Erica Men. I don't mean to disrespect that sister. But Come on, therapist Pongo. If I'm looking what you got at, for me? I'm just looking at, <laughs> if, if I look at the things that she's been through and how she's carried herself throughout the years on these shows, mm-hmm. somebody who doesn't love themselves doesn't have love to extend to others. Mm. So if she calling her, that's what she goes to because I don't know that she sees herself in the best light given what I've seen her go through in the show mm. and let men put her through. Mm-hmm. So... The council culture, the counseling isn't just so she can learn how to respect others. You learn to respect yourourself first and learn who you are first. And Realize where you come from. And where you come from. And where you we all are come African. From. Yes. Your complexion is what it is for a reason. Yes. You know, and so that's that's the that's the whole thing when you when you counseling people. You know, they this is the cliche hurt people, hurt people. You know, shorty hurting. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't expect nothing but vitriol out of my mouth sometimes. As as I look at my nieces who are growing up, I, yeah. I got uh, three nieces over here, yeah. uh, two nieces over here that are lighter skinned, and three over here that are brown skinned. Yeah. And I'm knowing the world they're going to grow up in. Yes. And we think that we're past these conversations because we grew up having them. We have to have them all over again to re-educate the shorties, especially when you look at the, the laws that are being passed to make sure that we're not teaching black history and culture. They're trying to let us not know the history so we can repeat it. And so that's the whole, that's why everybody on the internet, I'm sitting here like, damn, I thought we all learned the same things. They don't know what colorism is because they weren't taught it and we need to continue to have this conversation. So in a way, it's almost helpful that Erica Mena 
<laughs> at this moment of love and hip hop mm. because we get to open up the convo. Let's have the convo. You know, council culture instead of cancel culture. Until you keep being a repeat offender, then you just got to go. Then you okay. Just, then, you get, then you get excommunicated from the community. Period. No more black babies for you. <laughs> Next up, we have to talk about Boosie's diss track to his daughter and his oh, baby mama. Oh, bad. Did you hear it? I did. Okay. I did. He kind of went in. He did the music video with the car he took back. Okay, get a, get a recap first, though, in case I missed something. So, apparently, his daughter, who was 14 years old, was caught having sex in um, school, locker room, during a football game, I believe he said. And he got upset, took the bins away that he bought her, and I guess went off on her like he said he could have done worse or said worse, but he threatened her, physically threatened her. And he also, I guess, cursed out the mom. Mm. And he made a diss track with a video. Mm. You heard the diss track. We all heard it. And everybody... It's kind of split because some people are siding with him and some people are saying you should never, like making a diss track about your daughter is wild. What are your thoughts? I have no, I don't think it's my place to talk about the situation itself. I think as an adult, you shouldn't be letting this play out on Instagram live in public because this is a 14 year old who's gonna live with that. And we talk often about like, I don't know, it's just emotional. Mm-hmm. And it hurt my heart seeing her talk. She looked like one of my nieces, man. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just, it, I, I don't really want to comment on that. It's family business. I don't think that should be out there. Even though he put it in the public, so we can comment on it. I don't want to talk about that. But the song, the only reason I didn't have a problem with the song per se, is because art is expression. Mm. And if you are hurt by something that your your child's mother and your daughter is doing. I think you should have the right to express it musically if you're an artist. Mm, interesting. Now, the conversations that you have before and after you express that through the music, we shouldn't know anything about that. We shouldn't be able to go to the shade room and swipe through. Mm. And it's sad when I see it happen, because you got to look at what type of parent he's been. He went to jail for a long time. Okay. He was engrossed in rap culture. He had several kids, very young. Okay. Um, the mother, as she's co-signing her daughter on live, the language that the mother is using, I'm not armchair directing nobody's parenting. Right. But I just know good and hell well if I heard my sister, if my my niece went online and my sister was on live with her. Cheerleading her. Cheerleading and talking crazy. I'm calling somebody's phone like, hey, both of y'all get off the internet. Uh Uh-huh. What is y'all doing? Mm -hmm. I'm calling Boosie. You too rich. Stop it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, the record... If we didn't have all of this backstory, we would only be talking about what he told us in the music. He told us he took the car back. He talked about the brother who passed. We didn't really know what that was about. Then he said something else that I didn't really get. It was a a couple of lines I was trying to figure out. We we can go back through it and figure that out. Okay. But I feel like if you take an artist's ability to talk about their experiences away from them, then that's like that's cutting somebody off at the knees. That's the worst thing that you could do. So you can't. We can't get so caught up in social media fodder that an artist can express themselves. Mm. So I want I want people to be able to express themselves. Totally disagree. I know you <laughs> I know you <laughs> totally do. Disagree. Go ahead, break me down. Give I me together. Counts counsel me. I cannot co-sign this man making a diss track about his 14 minor having we- year old daughter, we- a little girl. Okay. Now I'm not gonna excuse her behavior. Um 
and anything like that and his reasoning for doing it, I understand why he's upset. I understand why he even threatened her, although we don't, you know, promote violence oh, he threatened here. Her too? No, he, I mean, he said he should have hit her. And he was like, He said he, that in the record? He said it in the in clip. In the live, okay. In his car. Mm-hmm. On the live, exactly. Um, because if I would have caught, well, if I would have been caught doing something like that, my daddy would have definitely put hands on me. Right, right. And I'm in agreement with parents disciplining their children in that way. And I know the world is very touchy about stuff like that. But I'm glad my father led the house with an iron fist because it got me together mm. and it got all my nine siblings together. Okay. So him saying that, I felt like I understood what he was actually saying because I had a father like that that would give us whoopings and stuff like that to, to get us in check. However, mm-hmm. again, a diss track towards a little girl, a little girl that's hurting, a little girl that's lost, a little girl that needs her father desperately. She's crying out for help. The bigger question is, why is she doing that at 14 years old? Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming you or the mother for that, but at the end of the day, you guys are the parents. The parent. So y'all need to sit and come together and say, why the fuck is my 14-year-old daughter Fucking with a 19-year-old. Yeah. Allegedly. That's what he said. Why is she getting fucked in the locker room at a football game? Instead of y'all coming together and doing that, you think it's okay to go to live and talk about it? You think it's okay to make a diss track and talk about it? Because hopefully one day the family feud will stop and y'all will come together, but this diss track is lifelong. That's true. You're going to deal with this forever. That's true. You're going to regret it because... It is social media, and because everyone is leading with ego is the reason why that track was made. You want to benefit from your daughter's pain that way? Are you selling this shit? Are you making coins off this record? It's not just your daughter's pain, but it's your pain as a father because I know this shit is hurting you. Mm -hmm. But what we can't do or what I can't co-sign through the lens of artistry and artistic expression is say, I understand that you wanted to make a song just to let your feelings out because it is a 14-year-old girl, and even worse, it's a 14-year-old girl that's your daughter. That's what I have a problem with. I absolutely can't disagree with you. Okay. Everything you said. You know, I be trying point. to win people over on this show. Yeah, no, no, it's so, it, <laughs> no, it's so true. <laughs> no, I don't be trying to win. I want you to speak your piece, but no, you know. No, no, yeah. no, I got you, but what I'm saying is okay. the, the backdrop and most of the commentary that we're talking about is talking about the live and the conversations that have happened around. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Found a diss track mm-hmm. versus even the fact that we're calling it a diss track. Did he release this like, yo, this is the this is my daughter diss track? No, the, the <laughs> blogs and everything called it that. I don't even know the name of the song. I don't know the name of the record. <laughs> he either. like you said he did a video. He did a video, but, but if we look at if we look at um poor when baby, Eminem, I feel bad for her. Eminem did a record where he killed his mother, his child's mother, and kidnapped his daughter. You remember these? Buried in the closet? Of course you do. Of course you do. Yes. And at the time. He's white. It, some white people shit. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's all I got to say. He's white. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But go ahead to your But, 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 but. <laughs> and I think that was problematic too. And it was. It was, it was a Maybe? problem. He didn't say he wanted, he didn't, he didn't diss his daughter though. No, I no, he didn't diss his daughter. It was, it was mostly toward the baby mother and his own mother. But the point I'm making is, okay. is that 
as artists, you live vicariously through the music and you express yourself through the music. Okay. And I think that an artist should be able to express themselves through the music. Stand now, on your shit. What the problem is, <laughs> the problem is when you jump on Instagram, because all we would have been able to do is, right, like, all we would have had to do was parse through the details that he gave us in the song. Give us the record and talk through music and let the record do the talking and reconcile in real life before and after you take the bands, all of that good stuff. I do hear your point on if he's selling this record, he's streaming it, we're streaming it, you're making money off of, off the pain of your family. But is it not the same money that artists make when they rap about killing somebody and they're paying off somebody else's family? Is it not the same when we're talking about I grew up and I had these, this, uh, I couldn't eat and I did this and I had to rob this price. Pain is hip hop. And as poets, rap, rhythm and poetry is what rap is. A poet should be able to talk about whatever the fuck they going through. Mm. No matter how uncomfortable it is and how whack it sounds to us, we got to give artists poetic license. The, crazy the problem thing is, is when it bleeds into reality mm -hmm. and conversation through Instagram lives. That's when I have a problem with it. That's when I don't even want to see it. Now, the song, by, by the way, to your point, it's, still, it's, it's similar when, when people talk about should they, be able to use, should they be able to use rap lyrics in court, right? Because if you really kill somebody and you rapping about it and you gave the details of the murder, but the only evidence they have is you rapping about it, mm -hmm. I don't think they should be able to use it. It should... They should be able to look at the song, and that should be able to that should make investigators help you with your investigation. With your investigation, Got you, I agree you with still that. have to go and do the job. Do not you, because that's a slippery slope when you start deal, dealing with that. I agree. Do exactly. not use the lyrics in court against the defendant or accuser. And right. the reason I bring that up, the parallel here is what I'm saying is because I'm waiting for this parallel. Music is music. It's when the it's when you take what you do and say in the music and have a real life conversation outside of the music about it that I have a problem with. I don't think he should have did the diss about his daughter, though. I don't mm -hmm. think he should have been rapping about all that stuff. But if we say he can't rap about it, then we're saying that nobody can rap about things that make us uncomfortable that they're going through in their lives. Mm. And that's a bad precedent to set for this art form where people should be able to express themselves. Yeah, I'm still standing on mine. Okay, stand on your <laughs> shit. And you gonna stand on yours? Yeah, we gonna agree to disagree. We could. I don't agree disagree. To, I don't really think we're. I don't really disagree though. Well, maybe disagree. we are disagreeing that. I am. I am. You think not the song shouldn't have been released? Or absolutely recorded. not, especially because it's geared towards his daughter, and she's only fourteen years old. And she's got to go to high school you, and had a song. She has to and live she has her to live life. life. You're right. Fuck you're right, high school. Right. She has to live her life. This is something that's going to be here forever. Yeah. And that's has I feel the worst effect that any parent and any child will want to have in the long haul when it comes to family. Because y'all dealing with this today. Mm -hmm. Who's to say five years from now you guys won't reconcile? It may not be a point where you're going to reconcile because of this diss track. Yeah. I like to tell people, I remember I was out on a date. Mm. <laughs> and I was telling this guy, <laughs> he was arguing me about something. And you know, we're journalists, so we're yeah. all about a cute little healthy debate. But it right. wasn't cute. And it didn't feel healthy. Oh, he was heated. It didn't feel healthy. Like, you know how we're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're disagreeing, but it's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said, what is your end game here? He said, like, what do you mean? I said, do you want to fight? <laughs> like, because like, I don't want to fight. No, I'm just saying. Like, do you like me? Yeah, I like, okay. Take it down. <laughs> 
do you want some? Like, right, 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 right. because this can't be your end game. We can't be having sex after this. We can't. <laughs> All the way dry, bro. All the way dry, bro. Because you're heartbeat and beating yeah, this yeah. dead horse about something because you want me to see things your way, yeah, and it's okay yeah. that I don't. And vice versa. Yeah. So, point made with this song is, Boosie, what was your end game? That's true. What is your end game? What do you want? Do you want? Because I hear you crying for help. You're pissed. I would be pissed. Again, why aren't you calling the authorities if a 19-year-old is fucking your 14-year-old daughter? That's the problem. That's the problem. And I, I'm not blaming social media, but I'm blaming the way people treat social media. Why do y'all run to social media with y'all problems first? Yeah, yeah. The, Boosie got that bad. And we know this. We know, we know Boosie got that bad. He's and because been. of that, I can't agree with that track because this can't be your end game for you to have a diss track that's going to last forever in a day about your daughter that was 14 at the time. And when she's 24, you guys probably can't look each other in the eye because of what you, was done. You done put it on wax and cemented it and it's on the internet forever. You go. right. You right. I, I just want to say this because I know they're going to eat me up in the comments. No, they're not. They're going to kill me. They're going to be oh, like. Oh, they might. Right. I don't, I don't no, think you said no. it. I think you gave a point of view and to the viewers, and that's what this is about. But we don't always. It's about having a healthy conversation to understand. It's just like if a person didn't know again when we talked about colorism, yeah. and when you educate them, it's like, oh, that's what that is. If the person didn't know, who's to say? Who can tell them that they're wrong? How do they know that they're wrong? Not saying that you're wrong, but like yeah. just all about just having some dialogue. I'm yeah. off a of dialogue. I'm off of, and no, but I can't be wrong, right? Yes, you know what yes. I'm saying? I can't yeah, I can be wrong. My thing is, and the reason I said I'm like, my my holy my only thing is I'm looking at the song in a vacuum. And with somebody mm. who like Boosie, who is on his third or fourth or fifth Instagram live, who has a history of doing things that black women find problematic, that people find problematic, doing saying homophobic things. I mean, he we talking about your son's dick sucked by a girl at twelve years old. You see what I'm saying? That's very problematic. So too, so, my so, it's, so it's a problem when an adult male is having sex with your daughter which is illegal you you allowing an adult woman to have sex with your minor son it's giving double standard absolutely so i want (laughs) to say i'm not i am not commenting on bootsy as a figure as a person as a whole my only thing is i think we can't put kid gloves on rappers when they going through something because we got to be able to go to the booth and say whatever it is we feel like saying Mm. As long as you as a man deal with it privately in real life, which ain't happening right now, which is unfortunate because I hate to see. I got a soft spot for little girls. Like, I hate to yeah. see. Like, I got two God, twin goddaughters, got five nieces and all that. So when I see, like, a young lady go in distress on live, that's not cute to me, you know. And so I, I don't understand how you could be on the Internet arguing with a child and her mother. Mm-hmm. And you are this person with this massive platform, and they can't let that down. So I'm not co-signing that. Okay. But as an artist, take that shit to the booth, bro. Take More people would be alive if we only left our shit in the booth. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's there it. You go. That's, it. Fucks with that's you. it. Okay. Now, in this hour, this is my confessional hour. And this is where it's like a rapid fire round when I ask like five questions. It usually warrants one word answers. Okay. But I feel like I was giving you a a space to elaborate. Okay. So yours I, would not be one word. I'm, I'm going to keep it brief and we then you let me yes. know. If I, I'm, I'm sipping too. Hold on. I'm going to take another, let's take another shot. Oh God. Okay. And then <laughs> That's why my producer is over there off camera laughing because she's like, you're usually the one getting people fucked up. I actually don't like this laugh. She's got an evil smile on. She's yeah, like, she's like, Lord, it's good up in here, huh? Isn't he? He's great. He's amazing. Oh, here. thank you. We got an eye to eye. That's good luck. Yeah. What we toasting to? We're, we are toasting to to counseling one another and learning from each other through your platform. 
appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm. There we go. Ooh, she's a lot in here, by the way. Ursa and Prince. Like, see why I poured? Yeah. You know, enough up in there for you. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Confessional hour. Who's your favorite interview and why? Oh, my favorite interview is Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Uh, which is uh, uh, which is crazy. Who's Phoebe Bridgers? Bridgers. She uh, does like alternative music. Okay. Like indie rock is what you would call it. Okay. Okay. Um, and I did a show on MTV called The Method. First of all, rest in peace to MTV News. It ain't around no more. It's not. But MTV, I was ask the you brand about that. is. But okay. MTV News. We can talk about that later. Okay. But um, but the team who worked on The Method, Serena Hinga, Vanessa, Alyssa, all of them. Got mad love for them, yeah. but um, for for that work. Uh, but Phoebe Bridges, why I love that interview so much, was her fans when we dropped it were like, "This is hands down the best Phoebe interview we've ever seen." And I never listened to her music before the interview. Ooh, that's good. That's when Ooh, I, that's she's good. a white woman who you know Ooh. what I'm saying. Who, As a journalist, that's gave me goosebumps. Yes, that's good. Yes, good that's what you want people to say. And so I, it was just so out of my comfort zone. <laughs> you know. I love that. Okay, who is your uh, goat in journalism? Mm. Damn, who is the goat? You're a goat. But not yet. But thank you. But not yet. Not yet. Well, I didn't say you are a goat. But you get it now. I was saying, oh, you're a goat. You're a goat. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because that would have been incorrect. <laughs> no. You said you were a goat. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, but Because uh, you know how goat. some people are like, Jay Z is the best rapper or not. It's like, okay, you're a top five and your goat is your goat. It, yeah. I don't want to debate it. Yeah. Not, you know, but it's like, who is who, your, my personal. Yeah, your personal goat? I really want to know this one. I don't, we don't have conversations it? about. We don't give flowers to journalism or journalists. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ida B. Wells. Ida B. I'm gonna go Ida we B. Wells. We taking it back. Come on, man. <laughs> Listen, we gonna go back and we gonna talk about goats. We gonna go back. We gotta when we when another time when you come back. We yes. gonna unpack Ida B. Yeah. Yep. I mean, can I give a brief twenty second version? Absolutely. The first investigative journalist in history. Nobody was documenting who was getting lynched what their names were, what their stories were, who they were. Mm-hmm. She was the first to find out who these people were. We were nameless for a long time, for centuries. We didn't even know what our true last names were. We still don't know what our names are. So mm-hmm. when Ida B put name and humanity to lynching, it helped to end the practice. And she put her life on the line to do it. She did. You know, and we on here scared to give opinions because we don't want people to say something online. Meanwhile, this one put her literal life on the line to say that that was, no, that was so-and-so that you killed. That was a human that you killed. And she has such a close tie in history to Chicago, streets in, the, in Chicago where I'm from, named after Ida B. Wells. So I'm going to say Ida B. Wells. Mm, come on now. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I almost forgot the next question. Uh, yes. Great, great, great answer. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite hip-hop line that you live by that's like the motto? Oh, right life? here. It's tatted. It's a black thought line. Look at that. It's like, yo, uh, Black Thought. uh, What is it? My journalistic rank. My journalistic range is a catalyst for change. He had a a line when he was on a flex freestyle where he was like, go through the vein. What what is simple and plain? Go through the vein, magnificent and strange, or something like that. And the next line is, my journalistic range is a catalyst for change. And I'm like, yo, the fact that he's, you know, he was just playing with the words, but in the work that I was doing, I often felt like, if you, I came from hard news and I ended up in entertainment and I go back and forth. I do in investigative true crime journalism or true life crime all the way to doing like red carpet stuff, the fun stuff was considered the fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. but I still ask the important questions in that context. 
And there was a time when I felt, am I being taken seriously in my career because I have all of these divergent interests? And that line, my journalistic range is a catalyst for change, that sometimes the only entry point to get people to pay attention to an issue is when you hear it from your favorite celebrity or when rappers are talking about it, all of these different things. And my range isn't an impediment, it's a gift. It's a gift to be able to be as comfortable uh, in, the, in the club as I am at the White House. Everybody don't have that comfortability. Mm. And so every time I doubt myself, I got this reminder, you know, for myself. And that's why it's on the hand that I write with, you know. That's, that's, that's my favorite line. Well, damn. <laughs> I asked that question. I didn't know that he was going to have it tattooed on his arm. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you do. You, you know, you pull it out. I never explained this tattoo either. It, you know. It's the first time yeah, for everything, and I'm time. glad we did it here at Woman in Hip Hop. And that yeah. ends the show right there. Thank you that's so it. much well, for being you. here thank today. I had such an amazing conversation with you. It was refreshing. It was enlightening. It was entertaining. It was funny. Yes. And we got a little lit. <laughs> got a lot of lit. Can I am I allowed to finish this? Can I take this with me? Absolutely. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you wanna like chug it? Type no, of finish no, it? I'm keeping the glass. Shout out to Mercy and Prince for sponsoring the show today. Uh, <laughs> right, right. It is a Japanese whiskey, so it's like made to kind of sip slow. So we ain't gonna chug it right now. Right. <laughs> but but thank you very much for having me on your platform and for making space for brothers to convey our, our love for for hip hop, for the sisters in hip hop. It's important that you're doing this. You've been doing it for so many, so many years. And uh, I'm just I'm just blessed to be here. And it was a great surprise when you reached out to me. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I love that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. And you're so welcome. Of course. All right, you guys, that is it for Woman in Hip Hop. Um, make sure y'all tune in. And um, I appreciate you guys for being here. Yeah. Deuces. <laughs> created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Women in Hip Hop. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.